Well, welcome. This is the first Sunday of Advent. Who knows what Advent is familiar with? Okay. Well, today is the first Sunday of Advent, which marks the beginning of the church year. We have a calendar, if you didn't know that. And the church calendar guides us through the biblical narrative by helping us remember um, our story. And I have a little calendar there in a circle. And it's not just about remembering in the sense of, oh, I can recall a story from the Bible, and this is how it started with creation and Abraham and blah, 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 blah. It's a revelation. It's more of an experiential reliving it as you've never, ever lived it before. If you've never heard the story, if you've never experienced it, it's that type of remembering it. You know, when you have a memory as, like when you're remembering something from a childhood or someone you've lost, and it's like it's happening all over again, like you're there, it's that kind of remembering. It's not about facts and details. It's about actually experiencing it as if it's for the first time. So Advent starts that out. It's the season of preparation for the coming of Christ. And it, of course, Advent leads up to Christmas. Oh, I forgot. Advent comes from the Latin word adventus, meaning coming. And it's the expecting, the waiting, the time of preparation. And it, com- and it leads us to Christmas and Epiphany, which is January 6th. January 6th, Epiphany is the day we remember when the wise men came and gave gifts. And if you've ever wondered about the 12 days of Christmas, that's the 12 days from Christmas to Epiphany. And then we enter into an ordinary time. And it doesn't mean that it's boring. It it means, actually, it's a time of exploring the everyday life of Jesus, how Jesus grew and turned into a man and started his ministry, which leads us into Lent, which is the preparation for the Passion Week. That starts Palm Sunday when Jesus enters Jerusalem, and then it goes through to uh, Monday, Thursday, which is the day what we remember the um, when Jesus established the Lord's Supper. And that takes us to Tridom, which is actually Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday. But Easter celebration doesn't stop, stop there. It culminates with the Ascension and continues till Pentecost, which is followed by Trinity Sunday, where we um, obviously we celebrate the Trinity and what that means to us. And then we once again enter into ordinary time, this time reflecting on the birth of the church and the life of the church and the great things that God is doing in the church then when we read it in the Bible, but now as we're living it, as we're a part of it. And it culminates with the last day of the year, which is Christ the King Sunday, when we celebrate the return of Christ. So today I want to invite you to explore Advent with me. I've already explained that it's the um, expecting, awaiting, a celebration, a time of preparation. And so I want you to stop for a moment. I want you to think of a time when you were anticipating something. Normally we think with Jesus coming and stuff, we think, oh, the birth of a child. But maybe it's an adoption. Maybe it's finding out if you got into a college or a program that you want to get into. 
Maybe you're waiting for medical test results. There's lots of things that we wait for. When you just sit for a moment and think of that thing that you're waiting for, maybe right now. See if you can feel that, connect to that feeling, that anticipation, that longing. Just sit in that. Okay. So there's something we're longing for. And one of the ways, and I want you to hold on to that feeling as I explain, one of the ways that we, um, well, myself and some people in our church and uh, the worldwide church, often helps prepare for the tradition of Advent and through the Advent wreath, which I believe we did last year. And the wreath symbolizes the Eternal Father, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, a sense of renewal, uh, newness, new life. Um, and we're going to do things a little differently. You can see on the right... Traditionally, you have the hope candle, which is about the prophecy fulfilled, the love candle, which represents the love that we see in Mary and Joseph and their journey to Bethlehem, and joy that the shepherds um, have because they're included in the story just like the rest of us, and also peace that was announced by the angels. And the center candle is usually white because it represents the Christ. It's called the Christ candle, which represents Jesus, and it's lit on Christmas Eve or early Christmas morning. But we're going to uh, tweak it a little, just like any of us can do for our families or in our church community to fit us. And we're going to steal from our pastor and her tradition, and we're going to use hope, mercy, faith, grace, and joy And so when we look at hope, it, again, is the prophecy fulfilled. And mercy is actually, we're going to look through the mercy shown through John the Baptist, the mercy that was given um, to Elizabeth as she conceived a child through the announcement that John the Baptist brings um, to prepare, you know, for the coming of Jesus. And grace shown to the shepherds, for they are included just like the rest of us, and faith demonstrated by the Magi and by the wonders of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, the joy of Christ being announced by the angel in his actual birth. So, let's see. I have invited Maddie and Katie to come up and light our first candle. No, just the one. That's all. Just the one. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> just we're we're only getting hope today. <laughs> we have to wait for the other stuff. So, okay. So, the other part of the Advent wreath is the light, which is Jesus, the light of the world. Okay. So as we meditate on the candle of hope. I want you to connect back to that thing that you are longing for. 
the thing that you could feel just about to burst your heart. Okay, For me, most recently, it has been waiting for the return of my sister. She is a second mate in the Merchant Marines. And as I've, I just, you know, you get that energy and you're like, oh, um, just waiting for her to come. And she has to have someone come and relieve her. And so you're waiting on that. And there's all these logistics that have to happen. And we never really know if she's going to get here when they stay. And so we, you know, had recently heard that she's going to be delayed. And it's like, oh, my goodness, I can't handle this. I haven't seen her since March. And um, and then you get a random text at 5 a.m. that says, so is our favorite barbecue place uh, open at 8 p.m. this Sunday? And you're like, what? Wait, <laughs> does that mean you're going to be here Sunday? So she actually came home last Sunday. And so... Um, so I, I cried a lot then. But see, my family's all excited because she's there, and they had Thanksgiving, which we weren't expecting. Um, and so I volunteered to work on Thanksgiving <laughs> um, because I didn't think she was going to be here. <laughs> but I still have to wait. I still have to wait till Christmas to see her. And so there's still this energy, this I can physically feel this. I want to see my little sister. And and yes, I'm I'm doing a sick and bears there in front of the uh, Aggie symbol, little rivalry between me and my sister. But it's just something, especially with her serving where she does in the Arab world, on a ship and pirates and everything else. Like Captain Phillips is a reality for our family. Um, there's just that almost an angst. This I need something. I I, I need this to happen. Um, and, you know, in the Bible, the people of God, Israel, waited thousands of years with that anticipation, that longing that you're feeling for whatever you're longing for. Israel had that for thousands of years. Thousands of years. I don't know how they didn't lose hope. I don't know how someone could... <laughs> Generation after generation after generation cling to a promise of a Messiah. I, I just don't know how, how they did it without hope. This hope being the Messiah. This long-promised hope that would come and give them salvation and redemption and reconciliation. But you know, sometimes... We don't get what we long for. We have expectations. You know, expectations can be the root of resentment because we expect things to be a certain way. We want them to happen a certain way because, you know, we, we want this to come and to happen, but it has to be the way we want it. You know, just like Israel, they wanted Jesus to come. They wanted that Messiah to come and establish a worldly kingdom. Wanted a coup. You know, even the disciples are just waiting. It's like, come on, Jesus, when are we going to take up arms and kick Rome out? You know, so for us it may be, well, I've been praying for healing. I've gone up front every Sunday and asked for healing, and nothing's happened yet. I'm still sick. Or my son, my daughter, 
is still sowing their wild oats, maybe involved in addiction, not making good choices, struggling with something, a broken relationship with a parent. It could be so many things, not getting the job we wanted, not being able to pay the bills. There's so many things that we expect and almost have a, well, I deserve this sometimes. It's that expectation of, I deserve this, this um, entitlement. And that's not what hope is. Hope is certain. It's a guarantee. No matter what the circumstance, no matter how it comes, it's coming. And that hope is Jesus. You know, and our hope came as a little infant child who we still wait for, hence the empty manger. But I just think about this child, our hope. I mean, just think about a little baby that you've held. Your hope is in this little infant. And I remember this image of Emmanuel that God gave me. I was in Armenia. And we were doing, um, working with some social ministries, and we went to this orphanage. And people feel that kids that are born with any slight defect are a curse, and so they go and they abandon them at these orphanages. Well, there was a baby that I was asked to hold and to love on, and his name was Ike. And Ike had the worst cleft palate that I have ever seen. There was literally nothing from his nose on down, nothing. He could barely swallow. They had to use like a dropper. And I thought, oh, he's like six to eight months old. He was two. And his legs were twisted, and he was always in pain, and you could barely hold him without him just hurting. And this baby was, was longing for love and longing for healing. And his caregivers were just longing for something because they didn't have the resources. There wasn't, let's go get the cleft palate surgery. You know, let's get some TPN or a peg tube. (laughs) Until I work in a hospital. Um, They didn't have any of that. It's something that we have access to here. So they just slowly watched him die. And I got to hold him. And for a brief moment, he smiled and laughed. And God said, this is who I am. This is Emmanuel. This is how I came to you. And this vulnerability, because I love you. The hope I am is in this child. The hope that this child will one day be free of all of these things. And it is not happening like we want it to or expected to but he will be healed. Because see, our hope was also a refugee child who had to flee for his life. Our hope grew up just like all of us. He had to learn to walk. He had to learn to talk. He fell down. He got his little bobos, like I said this morning. You know, he even went through puberty. I don't want to dwell too long on what Jesus might look like in puberty, but 
You know, he even was a part of a dysfunctional family. They even thought he had demons at one point, which I'm sure my family thought I did too. Um, so, but he also was part of a community, just like this one, who loved him and supported him and were with him, but also betrayed him. He lived the messy process of life, which ended in death, just like it will for all of us. I know this is sounding depressing, and I'm supposed to be bringing hope, but this is how our hope comes. Because see, hope didn't die. And we know that because the grave was empty three days later. You know, in Romans, Paul writes, by entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us right with him, make us fit for him, we have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. That's our hope, our master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. Can you hear? Anticipate the angels making this announcement, being that shepherd who's like, what the heck? And so when we find ourselves standing where we always hope we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. We are both the angels and the shepherds. But there's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles, whatever they may look like. Because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience. I don't know about you, but I've never thought of my patience as passionate, other than this deep longing for it to be over. Um, And how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, our strength, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. There's the anticipation in alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged because we have hope, not that self-entitled expectation. We have that certain hope. And quite the contrary, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. You know, our expectations may bring disappointment as life unfolds in unexpected ways and in ways that we don't like or understand. But hope, the true hope, Jesus, never disappoints. Our hope, our master, is that little infant child Emmanuel, God with us. And yes, this puts us in those wide open spaces. And he opens up his doors wide for us. And we can praise him. No matter how hope comes, we can praise him. That sounds pretty good to me. You know, there's 
a different experience when we praise and we praise out of thanksgiving. And that is a great feeling. But then there's that gut-wrenching praise because you're our only hope and we are desperate for you, God. That is the hope of Advent. It's that desperation of we have waited long enough, God, please come. Please, please come, Lord Jesus. It's not a passive waiting, but it's an active preparation through the Holy Spirit to engage in the work of the kingdom because hope, Jesus, will return. And just as the prophets were told his first coming, you just read the prophets. They're rich and full of announcing this great king that's coming. I mean, no wonder they thought the Messiah was going to come and do this kingdom thing, but we know that it's an upside-down kingdom and it's something totally different because hope is surprising and it never comes like we expect. But see, we are the prophets now and it's our lives that are foretelling the coming of Jesus, not just this Christmas, but the hope that's coming of his return. And it may be thousands of years, just like Israel felt. And I know the longing expectation that you have in your heart for the things that you desire. I pray that they come through. But know that there's still hope if it doesn't come through like you desire. And so this is our narrative. This is the beginning. This is a happy new year to the church. We start with longing and anticipation. But this is our story. This is our grand narrative. And the, the church calendar takes us through that. And we start here at Advent. And you can go ahead and go to the next slide. Oh, back up. Yeah, right there. Thanks. Sorry, I might have gotten that out of order. Never preached with a PowerPoint before. Um, (laughs) So we have a narrative. We have our personal narrative. We have the biblical narrative. And the big narrative of the church that we are reliving and experiencing starting with Advent. But we have a narrative as the vineyard. And if you just look at it, it says we are part of God's great family. Well, isn't that... Isn't that what Paul was saying in Romans? Isn't that what the angels are announcing and the shepherds are saying are an example of, hey, we, just as we are, dirty, stinky shepherds, just as we are with our self-centeredness, just as we are with whatever baggage we bring, wherever we are, we're a part of this family. And just as Jesus went through the messy part of life, we're seeking to become like Jesus. We're in that messy process. And if Jesus can be messy like that, I think we can be messy like that. If he can make it through, he's going to be the hope that makes us, takes us through and gets us through the messiness. So we are called to grow in the process of life that Jesus did. 
and become more like Him in all things. And we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be the ambassadors of hope to the world as we love God, love one another, and love the lost world. And this is where we start at Advent with this light of hope. There's hope. It may not look like what we want or expected, but it's even better. I love the way God has his own definitions for stuff, for hope, for goodness, for love. He, he just he would never buy a Webster's Dictionary because they, they don't match. He has his own definition of these things. And so as we prepare once more for the coming of our King, I want us to stand and read the Psalm 130. As a proclamation, it's actually called a pilgrim song on this journey, this preparation, this hope. So I want us to cry out as we wait and ask God to come You'll read with me. Help, God, the bottom has fallen out of my life. Master, hear my cry for help. Listen hard. Open your ears. Listen to my cries for mercy. If you, God, kept records on wrongdoings, who would stand a chance? But as it turns out, forgiveness is your habit. And that's why we're worshipped. I pray to God, my life a prayer, and wait for what he'll say and do. My life's on the line before God, my Lord, waiting and watching till morning, waiting and watching till morning. O Israel, wait and watch for God. With God's arrival comes love, With God's arrival comes generous redemption. No doubt about it, he'll redeem Israel. Buy back Israel from captivity to sin. You may be seated. My prayer for you is that you feel that desperation this Advent season. But you feel it knowing that there's hope. The hope is in us, the hope is coming, and the hope will return. Because that's Jesus, our Emmanuel. So as we depart from here, let us go with the hope that waits for us. We're going to have a time of ministry, of prayer. Um, If you would like to pray for people, you can go ahead and come up. You, you can ask for prayer for anything. It may be prayer asking God just to, hey, make me desperate. God, I have these expectations that I want your hope. Or it could be for anything. Anything that you need prayer for, please come and um, meet with one of the people up front. Um, parents, don't forget to pick up your kiddos before you start socializing. And so may you go in the hope, peace, and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.